0: Welcome to episode three of the process. Trust him. Trust the process.
1: Hey. Everything for Give you all of me. What if I give you all of me? if I give you all of me? Would I get all of you? If I told you I'm anointed, could you see the proof? Give my heart and soul for you when I'm inside the booth. Feel my love, feel my pain when I'm inside the booth Would you switch a change on me if you knew the truth? Knowing I ain't the same person that was introduced Thank the Lord cause I don't look like what I've been through Here's a letter to you I'm back again Jesus on that cross, I had to rise again Time to get my blessings, time to get my blessings I had to live my life, I had to learn my lessons I had to keep that smile, but deep inside I'm stressing Trying to keep my spirits from that deep depression It's time to tighten up
0: I put my pride down and pick that Bible up
1: Hey everyone, today my name is Quavon Taylor
0: And I'm Monte Martin uh, Welcome to episode 3 of The Process Today we are blessed to have Reverend James W. Brown with us today Welcome to the podcast
2: Thank you for having me today
1: How you doing today?
2: Oh man, I'm blessed just to be here.
1: Oh, uh, I have a quick question to ask you. So, where are you from? W. James Brown.
2: I'm a resident of Newport News, Virginia. I've lived here all my life. I'm 68 years old now, and I pretty much lived in this city all of my life.
1: Okay, okay. So you know a lot about you know a lot about that city. How was oh it yeah? How, how was it growing up there?
2: Well, growing up was tough. I lived. Um, I grew up in the southeast end of the city um place that they call the bottom um and it was called the bottom because everything seemed to have uh fallen from the bottom it was everything was at the bottom you know bottom of education jobs and housing and everything else so they call it the bottom
1: coming from the bottom i mean that's that sound real tough i mean what struggles did you face growing up in the bottom
2: yeah it was kind of tough there were many struggles but the um Everything from education to jobs, to even putting food on the table was a struggle. But uh, I grew up in a very strong family of faith. And through our faith, we were able to overcome many of the obstacles that a lot of people fell prey to.
0: Oh, So being from Newport News, uh, I've been getting to know you a little bit as I've been here uh, working with the Southeast Care Coalition. Um, You are a community servant. Um, and you have an organization called the Concerned Citizens for Justice and Equality um, and Equity. Could you talk a little bit about that and what, you know, gave motivation or birth to that idea?
2: Uh, yes. Uh, growing up, I started out um, just working with youth in the church, um, scouting program and different programs like that. And I was able to see that there was an a imbalance when it came down to the uh the programs that were being offered it seemed like the kids from the black neighborhood were always in need of uh, uh, the things that they needed in order to function and carry on many of the programs athletic programs educational programs you name it Uh, we were always on the short end of getting the things that we needed so uh, at a very early age i decided to help out in as many areas as I could. Um, starting out with uh, protecting children that couldn't protect themselves, whether it's physical or, or mental or spiritual, I would jump in and try to do what I could to elevate them in their and their um, um, attitude towards themselves and where they were going in life. Uh, without a vision, our people perish. And without hope, we end up doing things that ordinarily we wouldn't do. So I tried to instill hope in, uh, in our youth, uh, that they could overcome whatever they were going through because I had overcome it. so I figured like if I did it they could do it.
0: So thinking about concerned citizens uh, what's the what's the purpose behind concerned citizens?
2: The idea of concerned citizens basically started out with watching our educational system uh, being run down and taken away from us. Uh, as a people we know our history we need to know our history in order to know where we're going. Uh, If a man doesn't know his past, then it's very difficult for him to figure out what his future is going to be. So we concerned citizens. We uh, came to the conclusion that um, uh, we need to know our history. We need to know where we came from as a people, how we developed as a people, and how we've overcome many of the obstacles that we face, uh, not only in the past, but we're continually facing today. So my thing was to learn as much as I could about justice, uh, what it was and how it it affects us, especially with a system that's set up against minorities and blacks uh, or people of color. Um, So when we talk about justice and we talk about equality, it's not enough just to say that we're equal. We can't be equal if we don't have equity. Mm -hmm. The ball field need to be leveled out where each each person or each group of people have the same opportunities uh, that the other one has uh, rather than having restrictions and uh, other things that set us back and keep us from moving forward. Uh, So justice means to me that uh, we are balanced. Mm -hmm. We have a balance, not only in the court system, but in the education system, in the workforce, in the housing, and uh, in the atmosphere, and in, in the community, justice is balanced. Uh, do for others what you had them do for you.
0: I like that. Um, I think one thing also is important that you know your organization touches on is mentorship um, as it relates to youth. So when we're looking at you know today in society, I think that's important as as Mentorship and when we're looking at uh, just brotherhood. So uh, could you speak on Know what it is to give back to be your brother's keeper. Um, Yes, um,
2: I've had many people in my life who have helped me and mentored me to be all I could be. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Um, At an early age, I didn't think that I could do anything but either go in the military, go to the shipyard, or get some mediocre job. But there were teachers and adults that were instrumental in mentoring me and sharing with me the possibility of I could be anything I wanted to be. Uh, I didn't have that dream. I didn't have that hope. I was limited by what I saw in my environment and in my community. And those things just didn't exist. Mm -hmm. So as I grew and I I learned uh, that all things are possible, I wanted to make that dream to others. Mm -hmm. And so I began to tell young people, Look, you can do it. I'm going to support you. If you have a desire, then you can make it. The thing of it is, you have to free yourself from the chains that, that, that bind you to say, I can't do, or I can't, to start saying I can. And so that's one of the things that we as a people have had in our genes for a long time. We can only excel so far, and then we have to stop. That's not true. We can go all the way to the top we hear people talking about breaking the glass ceiling but we can break that ceiling because we can be anything that we want to be all things are possible if you have the faith and you have the the desire to achieve
0: Mm -hmm. um thinking about you growing up in uh here in newport news uh was your did you grow with your father your mom who raised you and you know how did you get through that (laughs) you know um
2: like most young people people my age we grew up in what they call a dysfunctional family mm-hmm. um, i want to kind of uh, redefine the word dysfunctional because dysfunctional doesn't mean that you don't have a father in the home uh or or it's not a father and a mother and children in the home that's that's not what dysfunctional mean dysfunctional to me means that you're not being exposed to the positive things in life that would make you a better person uh The father doesn't have to be there. In many instances, the father being there could be more damaging than positive. So I grew up with a mother, a brother, and a sister. Um, uh, We grew up in poverty. We grew up on welfare. But the the one thing that I was continually taught um, was that I was not on welfare. My mother made it clear to me that she was on welfare. But the possibilities for my life were greater and that I should try to achieve greatness in my own life. Welfare was her life, but freedom was my life. Mm-hmm. I had freedom to become anything I had a desire to become. And so I, I, I bought into that mm-hmm. and I began to see my future uh, beyond being dependent on anybody and becoming a person that was an entrepreneur myself.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, I know back in the days, things were a little different back then. Right now, we're at a time right now where gun violence is big. Uh, back then, how did you all handle uh, altercations growing up? Back in your day,
2: how do we have altercations? How did you handle? How did you, how oh, you handle how
1: did we them? handle them? Well, I
2: grew up during that time where we had to march down the streets for the rights to just sit at a at a uh, lunch counter and eat. Uh, I was at North State doing those marches and things in '67 and '68, where. Uh, Black people were being openly discriminated against, and uh, but our resolve was to continue to fight because we felt like we were just as good as anybody else, and we weren't to let anybody put us in our place, so to speak, because we knew where our place was. Our place was being the head and not the tail of things that were going on. So we just didn't accept it. We we resented any kind of a structure that would hinder us or prevent us from becoming all that we could be. We didn't give up, in other words.
1: With all these young brothers out here uh, that look like me and you, with those those guys killing each other, what is a message that you can send to those guys across the world?
2: My message to this young generation is know who you are. Know who you are. We are brothers and the characteristics that you are displaying today is not in our DNA. That was something that was uh, pushed on us to hate one another instead of to love one another. Uh, the scriptures teach us that love is the most powerful force on earth. But what has happened over the years, we have been taught to be, uh, to and have been divided uh, uh, amongst our people. Hate has inserted uh, into our families. Um, and the bad part about it is we don't know what we hate. We don't know what we hate. It's as though we hate ourselves without any reason or form. It seems like that black people just look at each other and decide, I don't like you without even knowing you. You see, so what I, what I tell young people, first of all, to look at your likenesses rather than look at anything that you may consider a difference. We're all one in the same. We're all one in the same. Uh, We all have the same struggles. It it doesn't make any difference if you're a millionaire or you're a poor person. The color of your skin uh, links you, links us together uh, as having the same problem. So don't think that you can escape it because you live in a different neighborhood or you drive a different car uh, because you can't. You can't escape that what we have to do is to accept the reality that we're all in this fight this struggle together and that we need to bind together uh in order to overcome it we can't
1: escape it Uh, that's 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 good that's good i know it's a lot of young people out here that's killing each other and that's one of the big things that i have i have a problem with our the minorities I can't I won't even say only the people the black people or nothing like that because it's majority of the minority and it's and its majority of the music and mm-hmm. the, the music is a big influence and you know back in the days you you all you might uh you might be friends you might dislike each other you might end up getting into a fight but it wasn't so much of killing each other I mean I I I don't want that's something I don't understand and I mean I, I want to know what's the solution that you think that can stop so much killing amongst the the youth?
2: The thing of it is, we don't respect ourselves. Um, Life belongs to God. And when you don't have moral background, you don't have uh, biblical teaching and training, that life belongs to God and no man has the right to take another man's life because it doesn't belong to them um that's the beginning we've left we've left god out of everything because most of the stuff that these people are doing they can't do it with god in it so they leave god totally out of everything and uh so there's no respect for yourself for themselves or the, or the next person if i don't respect you then i look at you as a thing rather than a person so your life has no value This was something that was taught to us and ingrained in us uh, from slavery, that we were not, we were a second class people. We had no value. And uh, some of the people today, some of some black people today still have this destructive gene in their blood. You know, it is said that you can train an animal to kill. And then his puppies will still have that instinct to kill because of the bloodline and the genes. That's what has happened to us. At the inception of Black people on this continent, we were taught that we were nothing, we had no value. And so therefore, today, a lot of young people don't value life. They don't value each other. So to kill another Black person don't mean anything. Matter of fact, there was a time in this country where you kill all the Black people you want. And you got spanked on the wrist. As long as you didn't kill a white person, you're okay. So this kind of mentality has crept back into this generation. This worldly generation, this worldly way of thinking. That no one one is important. Life is not important. So the foundation is getting back to God. We don't like to talk about it. We don't like to say it. But it's getting back to the basics of the Bible, you know. Um, getting back to, to God. Love is the most powerful and changing force on the earth. When we love, when we learn to love one another as we want to be loved,
1: then the killing must stop. Wow, powerful message. I know for myself, uh I received those messages, and I love I love the way you hit those that question on the head, but I also know it's a lot of kids out here right now with the new generation. And, and how it's going, that a lot of people are afraid of God, because, I mean, it's just a new thing, like, it's just a question that people don't want to talk about God, I mean, you said that, you also answered that, too, but to deal with a, a person that don't want to talk about God, like, what's, what's a An answer to bring everyone together, because we all have different religions, I mean, up here, I just moved to Houston, and now I have Muslim friends that if I was to watch TV, I think these guys were bad people, like all oh, with terrorists and all bad. Just from watching TV, but I got to know a lot of these guys, and they have become real good friends of mine. I mean, they they don't talk bad about my religion. We we never really even talk about religion. We just talk about having, like you say, love, because love is a, a, a strong foundation. And everything. I mean, touch on something that can unify people without religion. I mean, uh, I mean, a little message that that you could give to the people without uh, without. Without putting religion, because they some people will reject it. You know. Let, some people... let Let me clear it up for you.
2: Yes. The problem is not with God. The problem is just as you said with religion. God is God. He was God in the beginning. He's God now. He'll be the God in the end. He does not change. What changes is religion. The people don't have a problem with God. God is sovereign. But we do have a problem with religion, because in every religion there are man-made rules and it deviate from the word of God. That's the reason why you have Muslims, you got Methodists, you got Baptists, you got Presbyterians, you got AME, you got everything you can name. It looked like a bowl of grandma's soup where she put everything that was left over from the meals before into a pot and stirred it up. That's religion. When they talk down, when you talk about God itself and the foundation of the world, there's no difference. The Muslims believe in God. Every race there is, even on Africa, in Africa, they believe in God. It's religion that's the problem. Everybody there's a church on every corner, and if you can go to any of them churches and you'll get a different message. You understand what I'm saying? Wow, that's
1: powerful. powerful
2: It's not God that's the problem. God is the same. He hasn't changed. That's powerful. God is love. You understand what I'm saying? God is love. And He tells His people to love one another as He has loved us, to forgive one another for their trespassing. And He forgives us for our trespassing. There's not a problem with God. God forgave, as the Father did, the prodigal son who left home, took his took all of his wealth and left home, went out and wasted it. But guess what? His father was still waiting on him to come back. It didn't change anything. The God of the universe is love. We mess up, he picks us up. We mess up, he cleans us up. We mess up, he doesn't abandon us and stop loving us. Religions do that, not God. So when we become more knowledgeable of God, instead of religion then we can understand and 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 love god and operate the way god wants us to do we can operate in god's will instead of man's will religion that's the problem that's the problem religion
1: wow man. wow that's amazing the reason why i said that because everyone say man they have these times when they try to turn away from god but when you get shot the first person they say, "God help me get through this." When a person go through a tough situation, God help me get through this. God help me get through this. I'm one that I have been in a situation myself when I was like, "God, why this, why this?" And then God showed His face. Mm-hmm. So now I ne- I learned to never question God. In the good Absolutely. time, thank you God. In the bad time, thank you God. That's right. You know? And I learned and I and I learned that. And I like your answer, man. All I right. mean, I think the young people and the people across the world. I mean, they are gonna love this message you give. Them. But
2: see, if you experience God through adversity, then you learn to understand God because you've experienced Him firsthand. It's not coming from what somebody else has said. It's coming from your direct contact with the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God. Jesus said, I leave that spirit with you, that you're never alone. But we refuse to accept that. You could be thirsty and there could be a pitcher of water, but if you don't drink the water, you are gonna always have the thirst. That's the way it is with God. God is always there for us, but we choose not to use him.
0: You know, God has a plan for me. Mm-hmm. God has a plan for my life. And how, how would you tell someone to navigate that relationship with God to know that it takes faith? So thinking about predestination, if you will, mm-hmm. How are people's lives predestined? Because if if someone doesn't believe in God and they feel like, you know, I'm stuck in this low-income community, uh, you know, maybe this is just what God has for me. You know, how do you, how do they move their mind out of that situation? Mm -hmm. How do they understand and and, and hold on to, you know, God has a a better purpose for me, but how do I reach that purpose? How do I gain hold of my life, you know?
2: God's will for man
0: as described in the
2: Bible, is that you be successful, that you have good health, mm-hmm. that you prosper, uh, that your family prospers. In the beginning, when he told Abraham, I would that you prosper and your family and all your seeds prosper through generation to generation. But here's the catch God created man with the ability to reason for himself, to do make right decisions and make wrong decisions. Our decisions basically determine where we end up. God can predestine you to be over here. God sees where he wants you to be. But the road you take to get there could be like the children of Israel. They had a four day journey that took them 40 years. Hmm. Why? Because they didn't follow God's plan. They followed their own plan. So their prosperity was delayed. Some people even die in the desert. Some of us will die going to where God wants us to go. God predestined us to be, be prosperous. Um, we're going to go through some valleys. We're going to go through some trials and some tribulation. But as long as we keep our eye on God and the call, the price that he's given us, then we'll reach our destination. What happens is we make our decisions determine where we end up. So predestination doesn't mean that God to pick you up and stick you over there it means that God is going to give you a vision for you to see. And you have to follow that that vision. You have to follow it. You can say, no, I'm not going to follow it. or I'm going to follow it. I'm going to be true to it. I'm going to be committed to it. No matter what happens, even though it looks like God, I can't see the end of the road. You're carrying me through a dark tunnel and I can't see where I'm going. So I'm going to turn around and go back. God said, trust me. There's light at the end of this tunnel. But see without faith and trust you'll never achieve what god intended for your hair you'll never achieve it you know i went into business after working for another company um, for 10 to 15 years one day god said start your own business i could have said god you must be crazy i'm gonna start a business here i am a black man ain't got nothing don't you have a truck god said, start your business So I went in and told my boss I'm quitting in two weeks. He said, what you gonna do? I said, I'm going to work for myself. He said, what you mean you're gonna work for yourself? You know how some people do, you you know? What you mean you're gonna work for yourself? I said, I'm gonna work for myself. I'm a person of faith, and God told me to start my own business. But guess what? Some of the big companies that I had been running jobs for him for called me and say, Mr. Brown, I I hear that you are going in business for yourself. We got a job for you to do. Man called me, my first job was some storage spaces. Had 30,000 blocks, 30,000 eight inch cinder blocks. Okay. I didn't have a wheelbarrow. This is measurement. I didn't have a wheelbarrow. I didn't have a mortar machine. I didn't have any shovels. I didn't have any mortar pans. I didn't have any of the things I needed. No scaffolding, no boards, no nothing to do the job. But I told the man I could do it. You see, um, faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I knew I had the skills to do it. I just didn't have the material to do it. But God sent one of the guys that I worked for, one of the supervisors, to me and said, hey, we're out of work. All my men need a job. I said, I got a job. (laughs) He said, can you hire my men? I said, yes, I can hire your men, but I don't have equipment. He said, I'll bring you everything you need. to get started. You see you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If we answer and trust in God when we can't see where we're going, we can't see what the outcome is, but we just trust him without any reservation or hesitation, he will provide because God never showed you anything that you can be or do without supplying the substance to do it.
0: Exactly.
2: But if you don't have faith and you don't trust in him, then it's not gonna happen. So you step out on faith. Because God would not let you down if you trust in him. He's not gonna let you down. Because if he let you down after you trusted in him, it makes him look bad. So God never fails. So if he show you something, that's a way to get to
0: it.
2: It's a way to get to it. He gonna provide the way for you to get to it. And I'm a minister, so I got to, I got to share with you. When we look in the book and we look at David, David, was a little red-headed kid, Jesse's son, uh, that uh, didn't look like much of anything. So when they were looking for a king, they went to Jesse's house and asked for one of his sons. And he brought out seven of his sons. David was out in the field somewhere. And uh, so the man looked and said, well, wait a minute. You got to have another son, because God is telling me that these ain't the ones. (laughs) So he said, well, I got that little young boy out in the field that's tending the sheep. A little red-headed boy with face and weak and everything else. So he said, bring him in. So he brought the son in And the man said, this is the one. This is the one. You see, what God sees in us, man doesn't see. God knows what's in us because he put it in us. Man looks at the outside. God looks at the inside. So God was able to use David who had no prior um, knowledge or anything else of being a king and made him a king. He takes the least of these and gets the best out of them. So if you're a person of faith, you realize that, hey, I don't have anything, but guess what? My father has everything. So if I trusted him and depend on him, whatever my needs are, he said he would supply. He would open the windows of heaven and pour me out a blessing too much for me to even count or to number. So I'm going to trust him. What do I have to lose? I ain't got nothing in the beginning. So if I trust them and I get a little sum, that's better than not trusting them and ending up with nothing. You see? So it's all about trusting a God that you can't see with your eyes, but you can feel him in your heart. You can feel his presence by his spirit. People say, well, how can you feel his presence by his spirit? Have you ever had fear? Have you ever been somewhere didn't see the enemy or anything like that, but there was fear? Have you ever been anywhere and uh, felt pleasure, felt protected? That's God. That's God. He's emotional. He's physical. You can feel it. Okay, can't see him, but you can feel him. So that's how you know God is real and you can depend on him because you can feel him. You experience him for yourself. So no matter how great. The problem or the conflict or the situation is
0: trust God. You are a wise man. I love talking to you. <laughs> Since I first got here, I take a lot of away from our conversation. Uh, growing up, where does wisdom come from? What what can life teach us as you know as young men as we go through life as we have experiences? You know, where does that wisdom come from?
2: My wisdom comes from my elders.
0: Mm-hmm. My elders.
2: Uh, some of them were in the church and some of them were not in the church. But the thing that that I had that was so great was people of wisdom who didn't mind sharing it. They didn't mind sharing your wisdom because they wanted to see each generation do better. The problem that we have today is that people have knowledge, but they keep it to themselves. So the next generation doesn't get it. They have to start over from scratch. They have to feel their way Out of situations, whereas if someone told you and taught you, you can jump past that. You can skip past that and go to the next level. Okay, you don't have to experience all the hard knocks in life. When you got someone who is sharing things with you, you can skip over. If I teach you, I know you don't have to go through it yourself. You can be aware of the pitfalls in life. But if you got to experience everything to get knowledge, then you may not make it. May not make. Because some of the things you may experience are so deadly and
1: devastating, it may just destroy you. You can't handle it. Well, I just know the youth need a lot of guidance and everything like that, and the role models and the things that they look up to. I mean, it's really no guidance in place. Because to me, like you hit on one thing about the, uh, you hit on about the the wisdom. When I was incarcerated, you know, a, a older man, a older brother, he was uh, I, I consider him an OG because he get, he, he kind of steered me in the right direction. He told mm-hmm. me. You know, he say, uh, there are three types of people in this world. He said, there's a stupid man. There's a smart man. There's a wise man, mm-hmm. say, uh, a stupid man. He makes mistakes time after time and he never learned.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, he bumped his head. That's the stupid man. Right. Then he said, there's a smart man. The smart man, he's smart because he make mistakes, but it takes him making oh. those mistakes. And correcting those mistakes, that's what makes him smart, because he tries to correct those right. mistakes. Then he says, the third man is the wise man. The wise man is the man that's able to look at everyone else's mistakes, so he don't have to make those mistakes. So when you talked about wisdom, that kind of brought that to my mind. Mm-hmm. I just want to share something like, with the wisdom thing, What what is something that you can share with another another young man that can help better his situation in life? Coming from coming from the areas you came from, coming from the bottom. Mm -hmm. I would share with
2: the young man today that success doesn't come overnight. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Anything that you want to do that's positive, it takes time because there's a process. And in that process, not only will you learn to do the thing that you're trying to do, say it's a business, Um, says uh, uh, making clothes or anything like that. The process is learning all of the fine parts of that operation in order to sustain you when you do come into obstacles or when you do come into situations where you're not familiar with. Going through the process, you don't skip any of those things. For example, when I was learning to lay brick, I learned to push a wheelbarrow and I learned to put mortar in the pan and I learned to set up. You might say, well what that got to do with laying brick? Well, as a brick mason, if I don't know how my pans and my brick need to be set up, I can't perform my duty with efficiency because I skipped a step. You get what I'm saying? I didn't learn the process. I skipped over part of the process So now here I am getting ready to lay brick and I don't even know how to set myself up so I can do my job. And I can't tell the guy that's supposed to be doing it because I don't know. Okay. So when I started laying brick, my father, who was a master Mason, he gave me a wheelbarrow and a shovel and everybody said, well, he's your dad. Why did he give you a wheelbarrow and shovel? It was because he wanted me to learn the process. We can't be so anxious for things in life that we fail to learn the process. Because when things go wrong on the top end, if you know the process, you can regroup. But if you don't know the process, you can never get back to the top. Because you don't know how they got there in the, in the beginning. You understand what I'm saying? Man. To, hey, to man. young people today, don't be so anxious to get a car, to get a house, to make a name for yourself learn the process most of our black athletes are broke within seven years of making millions of dollars because they don't know the process of how to keep it it was all given to them quickly and they spent it quickly they fail to learn the process of keeping what they made using what they made to make more money they fail to understand the process of success.
0: Keep it on, keep it along those lines of the process. Thank you for the plug, for the show, uh, because that's what it is, is trusting in the process. Right. Uh, When you, so Quay is a father, I'm a father now, Uh, thinking about that process of raising your son. How do you, like, what is is that that process for you? Do you have kids? Uh, And can you speak on that and the process uh, that it goes into fatherhood? I have five wonderful sons And four daughters. Four
2: daughters. Nine. I have nine children and ten grandchildren. And let me tell you something. There's no pleasure in the world greater than being a father. Because as a father, you should be the person that your children look up to. You should be the role model. Your children should learn everything about manhood or womanhood, their character, and everything should come from you. You are the one who instills in that child what he should be, what he could be, and, and what he will be. You're the one to do that. Michael Jordan shouldn't be your child's hero. Do you hear me? Yeah. I um, um, Certainly certainly not uh, Kanye West should be your child's hero. To my children, I am their hero. I'm the one to change the diapers. I'm the one who carry them to ball games. I'm the one to pick them up when they fail. I'm the one who fix meals with them. I work with my wife and my family as one because marriage is one. We do things together. To teach your children how to be decent men, you got to be decent and show them with your wife that's the first example they see if you harm at her you're screaming at her you belittle her your children see that the girls and the boys they see that they think it's all right but if you show them how to love your wife and spend some time with your wife the first thing they're gonna do is oh dad mom y'all go get some, y'all go get a room somewhere you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because they understand the difference between love and just existing in a relationship. We gotta teach y'all young people how to value each other, how to value a woman, how to respect a woman, how to how a woman should love and respect her husband and not be looking at all the glitter and all this stuff that these other guys got. That's, that's, that's fake, it doesn't last. You know, you see it in the news all the time. Some nice-looking girl, some nice-looking woman. they got this and they got that, but guess what? They don't have a decent relationship. They're cheating on each other. Everything's going on. Your children learn that from you. From you. It is your responsibility to raise your children in such a way that you become their hero. And they can look back and say, I do this because of my dad. I do this because of the relationship with my mom. I'm looking for a woman that has the character of my mother. I'm not just looking for a woman that's got good looks on the outside, but I'm looking for a woman out the God's own house that she's a wife already before I meet her. I don't have to teach her anything about womanhood, uh, taking care of children, taking about the house and respecting me. You see, that's the problem. That's the problem. Our kids do not know, how to respect one another because they grew up in atmospheres where they're not seeing it. They're not seeing it. My wife is not my maid. She's my lover, she's my friend. Uh, uh, she's my everything,
0: mm-hmm.
2: okay? So I treat her like that. Uh, and that's the way you have to treat your wife. You may not always agree on things and it's all right to disagree. Uh, don't be disagreeable. Always come together in the end and find common ground for what you're doing especially if you have children because everything they learn they learn from their parents
0: first could, could you speak more on marriage uh are you married how many years i
2: am married uh i lost my first wife after about six years of marriage i've been i married again because i feel like as the scripture says it's not good for man to be alone we were created to have companionship, men and women. But then we have to learn to have the one that's for you, your wife, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: your husband, and learn to be content and love that person as God intended for you to love her. The Bible says that as Christ loved the church, we are to love our spouses, okay? We put everything uh, down for the sake of that spouse. Okay? We will die for as Christ died for the church. So you're going to see a lot of stuff. But God shows you what you have in a woman, what a good woman is. She's going to be there for you. She's going to support you. She's going to tell you when you're wrong. But she's going to support you when you're right. She's going to take care of your house. She's going to do all those things that make you, enable you to be the man that you can, you need to be. All that you can be. Is because of the support of that woman. Mm-hmm. And you should do the same thing for her. You should cherish her because it's like uh, uh, that woman is like the, the the crutch that holds you up. She's the strength in your weakness. She's the peace when you can't find contentment. Okay? She's the joy mm-hmm. when you're going through sadness. She fills all those areas of your life that you can't feel by yourself. Hmm. That's your spouse. That's why the Bible says the two shall become one. And that's how you become strong because any of your inefficiencies, she covers. Any of hers, you cover. So a wife is the thing to look for. I've been married, I've been having no other way. I can't make it without being married.
0: Okay? <laughs> what? I mean, if you don't mind sharing, what happened with your first wife and, you know, how'd you meet your second wife? Um. My first wife and I were high
2: school sweethearts. After high school, we married. I got married at 19 years old. I had two kids by the time I was 26 and she was 25. She was working in the store that we owned, and a uh, person came in, robbed the store and killed her. Uh, leaving me with a nine-month-old baby and a five-year-old daughter. My son was only nine months old when his mother passed. You're talking about struggles that was a struggle here i was a deacon on the deacon board serving in the church having other people kids and counseling other people Then all of a sudden one day my wife is gone there was no warning Uh, she wasn't sick any of that stuff it was just i got up went to work before i can get home there was a call she's dead 25 years old healthy woman she's dead and I'm left with two kids. So I understand people saying, asking the question, God, why me? Why this happened to me? But in my struggle at 26 years old, God revealed to me that he was still God. Mm-hmm. And that although I have experienced a traumatic situation, most people don't come out of it. He showed me that I had the foundation of faith that he was going to bring me out of it. Mm-hmm. I just needed to trust him in this situation. And it won't easy. Like Job, I had questions. It would have been better if I was never born, if i never come out of my mother's womb to go through something as painful and as hurtful as this. Lord, why wasn't it I who died? You know, why why am I left with two children? Young man at 26 years old, what am I supposed to do? You know, but God said, trust me. He said, trust in me. He said, together, we can do all things. I know you can't, handle it. You, you're all the pieces, but what I want you to do is trust me, it's gonna be all right. And I went through some ups and downs, but I never left the church. I never left the church. I went from being a deacon to becoming the chairman of the deacon board. I went to assisting other people in their losses because I had been through it personally.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I knew that God brought me through it and he was still able to bring other people through it. No matter what your situation is, God can bring you out. He can strengthen you to make it over to the other side. Mm -hmm. That's what he did for me. And that's the reason why, excuse me, today when I talk to people, they try to tell me about all these religions and all this stuff, I shut them out. Because I know that God that saved me I know the God that saved me and I know that God is real because if it hadn't been I'd have been in prison I wouldn't have been able to raise my children I wouldn't be able to live 40 45 years after her death she's been dead 45 years 45 years that's that's strong my daughter is 46 years old and my, son, my daughter 48 years old, and my son that was nine months old is 44. And I raised them by myself with God and help from a few people coming in for 13 years until I got married again. I refused to get married again because my children meant more to me than having a wife. Their safety, their upbringing, their welfare, meant more to me than having to cook. I cooked and cleaned myself until God sent me the right woman. And I prayed night and day, Lord, send me the woman you want me to have. Not the one that I see, because I still got an eye for the pretty ladies. (laughs) I still got an eye for the ladies that got the education. That may not be what you want me to have. You want me to have a wife, okay? Not just something for me or something for my children as well. And so I waited. And I waited until God sent me the right one, and I'm blessed with what I have, you know. So when it comes down to marriage, people get married for all the wrong reasons. They get married because they like the person, the person got money, the person got potential, this, and that, and other. Nobody questions whether or not that person knows the Lord. They are trying to walk in the will of God for their life. Because not only do, The adults depend on it. The children depend on it. They grow up in a home that's not a godly home, then what's going to happen to them? They got to find things out for themselves. They got to know what a virtuous woman is. They got to know what a good man is. The Bible says no man is good except for him that has the Father in it. Nobody's good except that you have the Lord in you. So we, 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 we look at all these worldly things and we operate with a worldly mentality, rather than a spiritual mentality. We don't invite God into the situation in the beginning, but we show call on him in the (laughs) middle of it. (laughs) We show call on him when things start getting tough. Okay, but invite him into the situation in the beginning.
1: Okay, and it saved you a lot of heartaches and pain. He touched on something that was deep and it was emotional to me because, you know, Me as well. I mean, it hit me because I've been with my wife since we were kids. I met her in junior high school, elementary school, and I've been with her ever since. Mm -hmm. And for you to lose that important part of your life, man, I mean, hey, man, everything you saying, man, man, I I can follow. I can follow, man. (laughs) Yeah. You showing me strength. You ain't just telling me strength. Like, that's why I say, like, with the youth, I mean, sometimes they don't want to hear, okay, God this or... Or you know about you know certain things I want to hear at times, but right, your right. life is showing me like okay, that's strength because right. my wife. Imagine me losing my wife. I've been with her all my life. Yeah. And as we go to a store and all of a sudden she's gone. I yeah. Mean, that's, man, that's I that had to be a tough a tough time in your life, man. Oh yeah. Um, oh
2: yeah.
1: Wow, man, I have so much uh respect for you, man. The yeah. strength, the character the courage, raising your kids. I mean, I have so much respect for you. Yeah. I have grown. Hey.
0: Hey! Wow! Wow! (laughs) Yeah, this is exactly why I wanted you to come on the podcast. Is because every time I talk to you, I feel like you know. Some days, you know, I may not be having it all together. Some days, I may not feel like you know. I'm away from my wife right now. I'm missing my family, but just to know that strength, that 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 persistence, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean, that fortitude to get through different situations, it's 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 valuable to hear others' experiences because you know that you're not alone. That's right. Um, so thank you, Reverend Brown, you know, for taking the time out to speak with us today. Uh, you have some powerful wisdom, some stories that, you know, that touched my life, that, t- that Quay has mentioned that has touched his, and I'm sure that will touch uh, the people who listen to our podcast. Uh, we really appreciate you taking the time out to speak with us today and, uh, you know, to, to share some, some sensitive topics with us, um, but it really, it really touched us, and I appreciate it.
2: Thank you for having me. Um, We are our brother's keepers. Mm -hmm. It's our duty and responsibility to share things that's gonna help to improve quality of life that our brothers and our sisters have. Um, We fail so often in life because we don't know. We don't know where to turn. We don't know who to talk to. And oftentimes we talk to the wrong people and get the wrong information. And that further uh, separates us from being who we should be. Uh, It hinders us from being who we should be. Uh, Talking with the right people doesn't mean that you can always get the answers that you want to hear. Sometimes it means that you're going to hear some things that's going to be sharp and that's going to trim and and prune you in areas of your life that you need to... Be separated from you know a fruit tree bears much fruit after it's been pruned an individual does great in life after he shared some of the things that been holding them back some things you've been holding on to for a long time some things that you declared that were necessary you will find that they are not necessary and they are hindering your growth and you can't blossom into what you want supposed to be because of these things so sometimes conversation with people of wisdom and experience will not be comfortable. Uh, it will not be pleasant but it'll be for your good always for your good
0: it'll be for your good. Thank you thank you. Uh, we appreciate it again. thank you. we may have to get you on again because this, I just enjoy talking to you and speaking with you And so for everyone out there this concludes episode three of the process. be sure to follow us on Twitter. Instagram and Facebook, and like us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Thank you.
1: See people for who and what they are, dog. Like when you don't have much, like you know, or you just trying to figure it out. You in the space of figuring it out, and quote unquote, people immediately think because this guy is successful or this person is doing something so well that they have it all together. I just believed in the idea and the fact that I'ma not only pull through this, but I'ma pull through. I'ma pull through it stronger, and we gonna be stronger than we've ever been. And for me, the best is yet to come. You know what I mean? Whether I wear a watch or pull up in a nice car, I am who I am, wholehearted. I think that at some point, it's just it. it...